Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. No intro today, but guess what? It's Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Um, Shira, however, is... <gasps> Ooh, this is my time. <laughs> Shira and Ryan... <laughs> Cheers in Hawaii. I am here, however, because the show must go on with the one and only Sharjah Sell. It's so refreshing. Oh, I can't hear myself. There we go. I said, you can hear yourself you can, now. Oh, right? I, I think on, I can. You're on the mic. It's just so refreshing to hear this little Nas X song since I never hear him when I'm here. Like, this is so good. I love this. You know, we got some new bands in there, you know, some some new music that's going to be getting us through the show because we got a wonderful show. Honestly, this week has been absolutely wonderful. It's been all non-binary awareness week. Today yes. is actually International Binary Day. We're going to be diving in a little bit on that today. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, how Kamala Harris apparently uh, it's not going well with her office and the people that she's working with. There's a lot of rumors mm. flying around. I wonder if I there's a thoughts. double standard. I, I'm, I, I'm leaning towards that because I have thoughts. I mean, we'll be talking about it with Politico, so stick around. Don't go anywhere, but right now, let's get into what's trending this hour. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so like I said, today is International Non-Binary People's Day, and social media is celebrating. Um, it's really awesome to see the hashtag International Non-Binary, uh, Non-Binary Day is trending with thousands of tweets from supporters and uh, NBs themselves, which, you know what? Seeing the word NBs is um, interesting, like, typed out, but, like, hearing it, I love it. Because NBs are, like, like... You're like you're non-binary, right? So it's literally like the letter N and, and B, B's. but they spell it out as E N B I E S. Yes. You know what? Thank you, Brian. This is a master class because I would have seen that word and said, "Now what is going on <laughs> no, here?" What is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so many people are showing love. Thousands of tweets from supporters and just people feeling seen and wonderful. And I, I, I loved how we've covered it um, this week. Just really bringing more awareness. Today is the day that we actually celebrate them. Um, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is going to be absolutely wonderful. We're actually highlighting a gender-fluid clothing brand that's making sure fashion is evolving and staying inclusive. So... Love that. That's going to be absolutely wonderful. But um, also, guess what? The child tax credit payments go out July 15th. Here's everything you need to know. The IRS is set to begin sending the expanded child tax credit payments tomorrow to tens of millions of families, providing them with extra funds each month through 
through the end of 2021, along with the tax break next year. The payments were approved as a part of the Democrats' $1.9 trillion stimulus payment, our package that uh, President Joe Biden uh, signed into law in March. The infusions may offer the greatest benefit to low-income families, cutting child poverty nearly in half, but the extra cash will also go to better off American families. So maybe if you also haven't gotten your taxes yet, maybe this is why what the holdup is. Uh, that's Ryan subliminally, uh, not so subtly looking at me while saying that because I just told him, if you're like me, you know what? Let us know at LGBT show. Did you get your income tax yet? Because I still have not. The IRS still says mine is pending. And I filed on time. You know, I'm just... I- I think this may be the reason they're they're doing some wonderful it's going to things. The children. Just always remember when President Oba- uh, President Biden gave his uh, his like it was it wasn't like his uh, what's the big speech that they always do at the start of their the, term the State the, of the Union yeah 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 it was like when he did his and when he talked about this and all the Republicans never clapped for child poverty yes so just remember that but they'll clap for <laughs> anti-abortion that part I just you know as a single unmarried woman. You know, we we pay the price. If you're single and unmarried in this country, you pay the price when it comes to taxes. That's very true. <laughs> um, VP Kamala Harris' statement comparing Texas Democrats to civil rights leaders, because, uh, you know, obviously everyone is talking about everything that's going on. We talked about it yesterday, yesterday if you missed yeah. it. Um, Texas State House uh, Democrats, they fled the state to stop uh, Republicans from putting more restrictive voting bills out there. Mm-hmm. And here is what uh, VP Kamala Harris had to say, comparing them to civil rights leaders. They took bold, courageous action. Um, in line with the legacy of everyone from Frederick Douglass, who's over my right shoulder, when he fought for the right of black men to vote in America, to the legacy that includes all those women who marched down Pennsylvania Avenue for women's right to vote, to all of those folks who shed their blood on the Edmund Pettus Bridge to make sure that we would, in 1965, pass the Voting Rights Act. And now we have in 2021, the Texas legislature, many of them, traveling to Washington, D.C. at great sacrifice, both personally and political, to stand up for Americans' right to vote. I always find it weird when people, like, compare, like, not saying that what they didn't they did isn't like a huge thing yeah. in like standing up. Yeah. But I always just find it weird revolutionary, when we start to but... compare like people to civil rights leaders. It's well, just... the comparisons are wholly subjective. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah, like they're just but Frederick Douglass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's enough for me. We got the T report. Char, what's happening in the T report? Oh my goodness. Your fave. Oh god. Demi Lovato. Oh, we love me some Demi, you know. <laughs> Demi Lovato has a message for fans who misgender them. And I couldn't think of a more appropriate story for today. Shout out to Vanessa. So Demi Lovato is honoring Non-Binary Awareness Week and letting fans know that it's okay if you accidentally misgender them as long as you're trying. The singer shared a series of posts this week addressing their recent announcement that they would be using they, them pronouns. On Tuesday, Lovato wrote, If you misgender me, that's okay. I accidentally misgender myself sometimes, which is odd to me. 
No, I mean, actually, they said that to me in our inter- uh, in my interview with them. And it was really interesting because I do think it's real to say that it, it's even been difficult to find, you know, to get out of the old norms that you know. And so yeah. to, to say that you, you sometimes mess has, up describing I was say, yourself. Everybody yeah, has their individual journey. But me as, as the resident uh, trans person here at Channel Q... I never went personally when I began my transition I never missed there was never a slip up but I also think there was a difference in a, a appearance that is true. outward appearance that is for, true. and so for for them it's they're still kind of the same demi because right, they they are non-binary yeah they're not changing and their I, I leapt from A to B so to speak right. as the old school would say <laughs> but anyway uh, Lovato went on to say it's a huge transition for myself uh, to change the pronouns that I've used for myself my entire life and it's difficult to remember sometimes as long as you keep Keep trying to respect my truth. And as long as I remember my truth, the shift will come naturally. I'm just grateful for your effort in trying to remember what means so much to my healing process. So we're to Demi on today. Yeah, so if you want to uh, read the rest of uh, their letter to everyone so you know what to do when you're talking to them, uh, talking about them, or talking to them, uh, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com. Right now, we got more show for you. Thank you for that T-Report, Char. There is a dysfunction inside the VP's office. Aides and administration office officials say that everything is going wrong. Everything is going wrong. Mm. But what is really the truth? We're diving Mm. in when we get back with Politico. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. VP Kamala Harris has been in the headlines for having an unhealthy work environment in the White House. But what re- what is really the truth? And is there a double standard here? Joining us to break everything down is Daniel Lipman, a reporter covering the White House in Washington for Politico. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, seriously, let's break all of this down. What is happening in the VP's office? When did all of this dysfunction start? So this dysfunction uh, has been there a while. These things don't just start immediately uh, and then we get word of it. And so it takes a while to filter through uh, down to other colleagues in the White House and then down to the uh, press generally. And so, uh, you know, she's had long-standing issues managing her staff. Uh, and so... Uh, this, you know, we were called a couple weeks ago uh, about this, and we looked into it, and we talked to over, you know, about 22 people in the administration and also allies of the administration. Do you mind sharing any like specific complaints that people made? Because right now it's just kind of umbrella for me, like, because I, I, I feel like politics is just hard no matter who you serve under. So, what are their specific complaints against VP Harris? Well, you know, there aren't a ton of, you know, specific anecdotes in terms of, um, you know, we didn't talk to someone who, uh, you know, where they could share everything that happened in that type of uh, event. But we lead, our story leads with the anecdote of when Harris finally made the decision to visit Mexico or the Mexican border, people inside our own office were blindsided by the news. And so, uh, you know, left many people scrambling uh, including people who were responsible for making the travel arrangements and others uh, outside the VP's office uh, who were, you know, charged with messaging, uh, crafting the messaging for this type of trip. And so, uh, you know, but in terms of other uh, complaints, we heard that uh, there is low morale, uh, you know, porous lines of communication, and also not as much trust between the aides and the senior officials. Mm. And so, uh, you know, people are complaining they want this office culture to improve. 
And I, I do wonder, you know, it, it's only been a, a it hasn't been that long since, you know, the, the new administration came into office and they're they're following a, a super hectic administration oh, yes. where <laughs> they hectic had is to, putting it nice. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, very <laughs> putting it nice. And, and so I wonder, is this out of the norm to hear these sort of claims for a new administration coming in or are we just kind of spotlighting trying to find something to kind of highlight that maybe negative? Well, you know, we're not on the job of just trying to find negative stuff. I think it's, you know, we're trying to get at the truth of it. So um, I think, you know, no one is questioning that they come in, they came in with a tough slate, but managing your staff properly and uh, having trust and uh, high morale is not, you know, in one administration is not really affected by the last administration. So there's always going to be tough problems uh, that administrations will have to deal with. And so uh, I think, the people we talk to, they want Harris to succeed. This is not in terms of, you know, this, she's not going anywhere. Uh, I think they also raise concerns about her chief of staff, a woman named Tina Floynoy, uh, who is um, not well-liked uh, among some of her staffers and not seen as a, a great manager where, you know, she throws people under the bus uh, and doesn't incorporate ideas of uh, you know, everyone at the table. I have to know your personal opinion is there a double standard when it comes to Vice President Kamala Harris and her serving in this role at this capacity? Well, that's a very tough question since, uh, you know, she is who Biden picked. But we did plenty of stories about how the Trump White House, uh, which had two men at the top, uh, were you know, had kind of similar tales of uh, people not feeling uh, like their ideas were listened to. Uh, people who felt like they were thrown under the bus by their own colleagues. It was a very backstabbing culture. And so um, I, I think, you know, Harris, of course, faces more scrutiny because she's the first woman in this role and she is uh, a favorite punching bag of uh, Fox News and conservatives mm-hmm. who feel like they want to take her down for 2024. But that doesn't mean that, you know, these these stories are not true because there's been a bunch of these uh, types of pieces uh, about the work environment, which, you know, obviously working for a uh, politician is hard, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't treat your people nicely. No, of course. I, I, I think these stories should, you know, be heard. And it's it's also really interesting when you're thinking about the culture of politics and, and people who are kind of they talk to the press about these certain things. Uh, it, it seems like there's really kind of no loyalty left to go mm. on Capitol Hill um, when you're thinking about it. But um, I do wonder: Do you think you know President Biden or his te- like his team and the, the his staff are going to get involved, especially as these these complaints seem to kind of you know still kind of boil to the top? I think they're waiting to see uh, if Harris can clean her uh, own house and put it back in order, and so. They're not going to, you know, fire the chief of staff or they're not going to, you know, I'm sure that they've talked about, um, you know, Harris and Biden have talked about the story. And I'm sure Biden has encouraged her uh, to really make sure that her her team is operating effectively where they don't have the stuff of leaking going on and where people uh, feel like they genuinely get heard. Uh, But. Uh, there are so many other crises that the White House and the administration uh, are dealing with yeah. at any one time that this is probably their, one of their least of their concerns. Thank you so much, Daniel Lipman, reporter covering the White House and Washington for Politico. We appreciate you for joining us. Thank you.
All right, so coming up, with the rise of drug overdose deaths soaring to new heights, we look Mm. at if the pandemic is the cause and what the Biden administration is doing to combat it. Don't go anywhere. More show coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. New reports are showing that drug overdose deaths have soared to a record 93,000 last year. How much did the pandemic have to play into this? Joining us is science reporter Joel Achenbach from The Washington Post. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, this... These reports, your this writing, uh, your article just was so shocking to see. Did this come as uh, as a big of a surprise to addiction specialists as well? I, I think it wasn't a surprise only because they have seen these statistics rolling in week after week and month after month of, of a rise in overdoses. But when we finally got the number for 2020, and it's 93,000, you know, even people who've been writing about this and talking about it and studying this for years, this phenomenon of drug addiction and, and, the, and the overdoses and the death toll, people were just sort of horrified and shocked today because the number is so big. The, the previous record was 72,000, uh, and that was in 2019. So in one year, it jumped 21,000 additional wow. deaths. And that is, you know, each, each of those deaths, is a is a family tragedy, a personal tragedy. I mean, these are people you know who were loved by their families, and and uh, you know they for whatever reason they they overdosed and they're no longer with us. And that's a a shadow epidemic uh, amid the pandemic. And clearly, that big jump has to be associated with the pandemic and all the the chaos and and hardships that it it caused. Yeah, listening to you speak, I was thinking about how many people have publicly kind of come out and discussed like how they relapsed. I believe Dax Shepard relapsed uh, during the pandemic and the pandemic was tough. Even, you know, I'll be transparent. My alcohol intake increased in the pandemic. You know, I live alone, no man and no pet. But that's another conversation for another day. Now, are drug facilities having a difficult time keeping up with the increasing numbers 
of of patients. Well, think about this. A lot of those drug facilities closed down. I mean, you know, we, you know, when we, during the oh, pandemic, wow. people were, were told essentially to uh, do you know telemedicine. Well, that doesn't always work okay. if you have a, a drug problem. Uh, people who were uh, let out of a prison or jail because they were nonviolent offenders. In the past, what you would do is you'd refer them to a treatment program if they had a drug uh, problem. Well, that wasn't happening. They, they, you know, everyone kind of just, I mean, all the protocols were dropped. All the, you know, all the rules went out the window. And so lack of access to drug treatment uh, is a big part of this story. Uh, there's also the issue of, of all the fentanyl that's coming in. It's oh, you know, yes. a very powerful synthetic drug that, you know, a little bit can kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but think about people, uh, you know, using alone. They're isolated because of the pandemic. They're, you know, they're not in a the community. They're not, uh, I mean, they're, they're in their own little, you know, apartment or, you know, some of them living in a, a tent on the street, wherever. And, and they're, they're not, um, they're not uh, with other people who might be able to rush in with the Narcan right. if they do have an overdose. Mm. Wow. I mean, this is also um, so eye opening because I guess when you're you're in the the heat of everything and you're looking at the news and they're just talking about COVID-19 deaths, you're not even thinking about the addiction side of everything. So could we expect the Biden administration to kind of start making this their next priority? That's a really good question. I think it's it's important to realize we're still in the COVID pandemic and that is still um you know, burning up a lot of the oxygen in the room right now. I mean, that's, that's still, uh, so there is more talk about what we can do about the, the, the drug overdoses and opioids. Uh, the Biden administration has said it's going to do more. They, they appointed a drug czar just yesterday. So you'll see more attention to this and maybe, you know, maybe the, the kind of just horrible, stunning number here of 93,000 deaths in a single year. I mean, to put that in perspective, uh, I mean, that's, that's twice as many people who, who die in car accidents. It's about a quarter of the number who died in the U.S. of COVID last year. Um, but to put, to keep in mind, a lot of the drug overdoses are among young people who, you know, normally might live another 60, 70 years, whereas COVID typically was with older people. So there's just a lot of years of life lost, you know, in that, wow. in that number. So I, I think we'll see more attention paid to it. One of the people I talked to said, you know, the problem is so often Congress uh, or, or, you know, the, the political leaders treat this like a let's just, you know, do a one shot infusion of money to try to help on the, the, the drug addiction front. And, and the source was saying, you know, this really is a chronic issue year in, year out. It's not like it's more like cancer or something like that. You, you can't just say, hey, we're going to give a little dose of, of money and hope that it's going to fix the problem. Wow. Thank you so much for being here. I I completely appreciate you for bringing more light to this. Um, That is Joel Achenbach, science reporter for The Washington Post. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. Of course. All right. Now we have more show coming up in the latest celebrity that is making sure young people get vaccinated. But my question is, does celebrity influence actually work? Me and Shira, me and Char. Oh my God, I called you Shira. Oh, I miss her. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But me you and owe Sh- me a dollar. <laughs> me and Char have differing opinions. We so do. Get ready for us to go there. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so 
we got to have a discussion about celebrity influence. And we've talked about this on the show before where when, you know, as the vaccine has come up and people especially were trying to convince people of color, black folks specifically, to get the vaccine, they would go grab, you know, T.I. are black celebrities that they felt were like, you know, these, I don't know, these figureheads that if they spoke, everyone would follow. Well, they're doing that from a youth perspective with Olivia Rodrigo because she is everywhere. You can't, you know, if you don't know who Olivia Rodrigo is, that means you just owe. Oh, I guess I'm the crypt keeper then. That, seriously. <laughs> I, no, I really do. I guess I'm the crypt seriously. keeper at 33. Because <laughs> she's everywhere. The song Driver's License, the song Deja Vu, the well, no, I know. album I'm, I'm familiar with her name. Yeah. I've just never listened to any of her music. <laughs> Well, no, no heat, no shade. The White House has called on to her to uh, come over to the White House during the press conference, actually, and convince the the youth who are obviously watching the White House press conference to get the vaccine. Here is what she had to say. It's important to have conversations with friends and family members, encouraging all communities to get vaccinated and actually get to a vaccination site, which you can do more easily than ever before, given how many sites we have and how easy it is to find them at vaccines.gov. Okay, hmm. so there's a couple things here. Producer Vanessa hated it that it was so scripted. Oh, so does co-host Char. Okay, co-host, okay, Char hates that as well. She, she just don't sound like, like I haven't seen it, but yeah. even just listening to it just now, I'm like, she don't believe that. She don't even believe the, the words that are coming out of her own mouth. I don't know, I watched it and I think she does. I genuinely mm-hmm. do, but my only thing is, it's this this assumption that celebrities have that much influence on people to to go, you know, get the vaccine or to wear a mask when it's been proven that that does not happen. Mm, I, I, I beg to differ because, only because, I think there's a certain type of personality type that has, that will subscribe to celebrity influence to that magnitude. Celebrities can influence some people, some groups of people to do anything, literally anything. I feel right. like we've seen it with, with even like something as minute as selling cosmetics. I love this lip gloss. Guess what? It's sold out in 30 seconds because, you know, Kylie Jenner says that she wears this lip gloss. So we've seen this. However, as Olivia is concerned, Mm -hmm. I think where it's going to get a little muddy is a lot of her fan base, I imagine, is on the younger side. Like she was called in to talk to the kids, right? Yeah, and I think the vaccine only works for like 12 year olds and up. But aside from that, even if you are 12, you don't have agency over your own like medical record right now. You can't go to your doctor and ask for the vaccine as a 12 year old. True. So how does that work, especially if your parent is an anti-vaxxer or a, you know, extreme right winger with their Kennedy Trump 2024 shirt on? Yeah. And here's the thing. So this, uh, the New York Times, actually, they wrote an article about this because we all know Dolly Parton was uh, she saved my life when she donated a million dollars to the Moderna vaccine. And that's the reason why I got my shot. Thank you so much, Dolly Parton, for, you know, being the queen that you are. Um, but I wrote about when Dolly did her video. Yes. I, I did an article on that. The New York Times, they actually wrote about this saying celebrities are endorsing covid vaccines. But does it help? And um, epidemiologists say there isn't much evidence proving that they boost vaccines. Uh, uptake Mm. and so it's this idea of do we really think it helps or is it just to get celebrities involved and 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 is that really important at this moment because sometimes it can be completely tone deaf to when i remember when they were telling olivia's was tone deaf well for sure and the donald when donald trump and the um the 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 white house was he the White House doctor or the he was he was a black guy who was basically telling people people of color speaking directly to them saying well tell your mamas and your grandpas and your <laughs> and Pookie and, and your, them 
<laughs> to take go get the and vaccine. Ray Ray. And then you have T.I. coming up. <laughs> and I'm just like, do y'all know anything or Ice T? Well, do y'all I, know anything or Ice Cube? Do y'all know anything about well, I the think, leaders in our communities? I think that want- black people are a very specific group because we are going to inherently be a bit harder to convince when it comes to of medical course. things given our history in this country. Uh-huh. But as far as just teenagers, black or otherwise, I think that the conversation is, is a bit different. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching. Um, I had to watch the show Pause with Sam J. I wouldn't recommend it, but Ugh. um, uh, they, there was someone at on this show that said if LeBron James goes on Instagram and says that they got the vaccine and he got the vaccine, they're getting it. I also think Beyonce has that influence. Honestly, if Beyonce told me she wanted I think me Beyonce to sell has that influence, like my children moving forward, I would do exactly. That. I think there's very specific people, and I think yeah. that, in all honesty, the the most tasteful way for me to say this is that a lot of people who might follow a LeBron or a yeah. Beyonce or an Oprah probably already have the vaccine. Probably. It's the people who uplift Ti. <laughs> And this is the most tasteful way that I can say this without treading into problematic territory. But it's people like, you know, Juvenile and Manny Fresh and Mia X. Yeah. New yeah. Orleans legends just came together to do Vax That Thing Up, which How is a you nod. Doing? Which, <laughs> which is a nod to back that thing up, you know? So yeah. I feel like there are still certain pockets, especially within our community, who are still, you know, a bit anti-vax. And some of these celebrities, I think, I personally believe, will influence them, especially in the long run. All right. Well, we got more show. Let us know at LGT Show everywhere what you think. Do celebrities have influence? Are they, uh, you know, influencing you to get the vaccine? Hit us up, LGT Show everywhere. Coming up, though, we got a major update with the Britney Spears conservative ship case. Don't y'all go anywhere. More show coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're back. We're in the 3 p.m. hour, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Central. Shout out to our time zones. I'm going to get it by the end of this week because of you. <laughs> it's uh, Sharjah Sales filling in for Sheer Lazar. We have loved having you this week. Thank you. I've loved being here. Hump day. Oh, it's hump day. It's hump day. That's the weirdest thing. You know, Shira would say, just to add in a little Shira moment, she would call this day the belly button of the week. It's in the middle. Oh, I've never heard that term, but that's a very Shira, that's a very Shira thing to say. <laughs> That's something that, that I would look at her like, okay, girl. Oh, I love her so much. <laughs> Same. Uh, we miss you. Uh, enjoy, you know, all things Hawaii. But coming up this hour, we're talking about mindfulness meditation and how it's actually making some Americans more selfish and less generous, which, are you kidding me? Um, also, we are touching on gender fluid clothing and how the fashion industry is evolving. We're going to actually be highlighting an amazing uh, clothing um, brand called Tomboy X. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we're going <laughs> to... And we're going to be, you know, doing that in, in, in celebration of International Non-Binary Day. So this is going to be a wonderful hour. So stick around. But let's get into what's trending this hour and then a little tea report. So let's talk about Senator Ted Cruz. He is responding to Kamala Harris. We just played this clip last hour where basically Kamala Harris compared Texas state Dems to civil rights leaders. Well, Senator Ted Cruz said, now, hold on now. Here's what I got to (laughs) say. Uh, It's actually pretty ridiculous. Last I checked, the the heroic civil rights protesters on the Edmund Pettus Bridge were not in a private chartered jet. They didn't have a case of Miller Lite next to them. Uh, Look, these are partisan Democrats playing a political stunt. 
Not you got me over here agreeing with Ted. <laughs> oh wait, who who said that? That's Ted Cruz. Ted left Texas yes, in a snowstorm. Killer. Yes. Wow. Yes. 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 You tried that. Wow. Um. No, but. He but I'm not. I was about to say I'm not going to even lie. He kind of made points some points. Are made. Points I don't. Are made. I'm actually really uncomfortable with the fact that Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, said that and literally said that they're like Frederick Douglass. That's she just, just. She had a little bit too much dip on her chip. I mean, yesterday she said that um, something was as as American as um, uh, apple, apple pie. pie. But that Ryan, that is a phrase that's been around. I've never heard that forever. phrase. And I'm from the South. I'm surprised. I'm telling I've never you, heard that has been around for forever. They always say apple pie. I've heard baseball and I've heard hot dogs. It's a little strange. It's, a, it's getting weird. Um, so, <laughs> Britney Spears, breaking news. The conservatorship case heads back to court. A Los Angeles court will address petitions from Britney Spears' conservatorship case. Uh, since her last a court appearance in June, her court-appointed lawyer has asked to step down and her uh, wealth management firm has asked to be withdrawn from the conservatorship. Now, also some really good news here. Um, Britney Spears' request for a new lawyer has been granted as, uh, you know, this conservatorship divide deepens. This is absolutely amazing. This feels like, okay, she's now able to hire her own lawyer. Some agency, some yes, autonomy. She has, this This feels like there's a shift in this case. And if she gets the right lawyer who is going to not be listen. in it for greed. Everybody's, and, you see everybody's resigning. Th- I mean, at this point, it feels like everyone's, uh, you know, resigning because they don't want to be caught up in, in mm-hmm. secrets coming out. Because mm-hmm. what's done in the dark comes to light. And so for me, I'm, I'm just very excited to um, to see this. Uh, CNN was actually covering this earlier, and I was watching it. And there's fans standing outside of the Stanley Moss courthouse full force. downtown. People full are not force. playing. Full force. I wonder who Britney's going to sit down with when all is said and done. Oh, I hope it's Oprah. It'll probably be Oprah. I was thinking Katie Couric, but no, this I is an Oprah, Oprah thing. Oprah will handle this in, with care. in her backyard, like Harry yeah. and Meghan in her neighbor's <laughs> backyard. Or the CGI room, if you know. If, no, no, no. If, this needs to be in person. I know, but if Britney don't want to leave the, you know, her area, she can't True. leave her area. Do the little CGI chairs. Have the Apple TV. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so amazing. But that's your latest. Why do the- I feel emotional about this? Free Britney. Oh my God, I'm about to cry. <laughs> no, <laughs> literally, I just have to catch myself. Oh my God. Oh my God! You know what? You got to get yourself together because it's time for the tea report. Tell me what's going on in the entertainment world. Oh my world. goodness! Okay, who? Wait, where's my place in this document? Okay, so Jerry O'Connell. I don't know if you all heard this, but he is headed to the talk as a permanent co-host. Wait, they're adding a guy? Yes. This will be what? a change up. We have not seen this done. Now, The View, which is the archetype, yes. used to do Guy Day Friday when they'd call in a, a, oh, a guy. Oh, I didn't know that. And I'm hearing that it might be coming back for season 25, <gasps> which is will be their new season. Oh, fingers crossed. Guy what? Day Friday. But um, yeah, so he's replacing wow. uh, Sharon Osbourne for the upcoming season 12. He will be there full time. So now they will have a male, a man perspective. Can I admit something? Go ahead. I don't really like him. You know what? <laughs> I don't mind. I do not mind Jerry O'Connell, but what I find interesting is it seems like his agent, I know his agent is working hard. Oh, are you kidding me? He was because he had pilot season where he, they were like he was about to get a talk show and it He was going to replace Wendy, yeah. allegedly. Yeah. Wendy was going to leave when she was going through all her stuff mm-hmm. and it tanked. It just didn't register well and it's like, okay, well he'll be joining Cheryl Underwood, the legendary, I, I call her now. Yeah. Teach me! Teach me! <laughs> If y'all remember back to March, it was Cheryl Underwood, Carrie Ann Anaba, which... 
Carrie Ann took so much time off when Sharon got fired. I, I wonder if Carrie Ann and Abba's coming back. Well, to be time. honest, I don't really watch the talk. Talk doesn't offer me anything. If I was maybe well, a stay-at-home mom... With Listen, kids, maybe hold, I would care. Hold on, let me finish. So Carrie Ann Anaba, Amanda Klutz, and Elaine Welteroth. Love Elaine. I used to watch the talk occasionally, but the talk, what I like about them is they're just entertainment. What what makes them different from the view is that they don't talk politics. But the talk was at its best when Julie Chen was at the helms. When Julie Chen was yeah. in the Whoopi Goldberg seat and and they had Darlene from Roseanne on the panel. Yeah. It was a it was a pretty decent show. It'll be interesting. Will you be tuning in? I think I'm gonna tune in to see what Jerry brings. <laughs> I watched one episode and then that's it. But let us know at LGT Show. That was your tea report coming up next hour. We got more for you, of course, and more What's Trending This Hour. Char, you're doing such a wonderful job with the tea reports. Spilling all the hot gossip. Thanks. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Oh, this is, you know, International Non-Binary Day, and we had to celebrate, but we didn't want to do it, the you know, the kind of the regular way. We mm-hmm. wanted to really take this time to highlight a fashion brand that is making the fashion industry more inclusive and holding them accountable, because gender-fluid clothing in the fashion industry is constantly evolving, and one company, Tomboy X, is leading the charge. Joining us to discuss more is co-founder of Tomboy X, Naomi Gonzalez. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks so much. Oh, of course. One, thank you, What one, for being here. I, I looked at your brand. I looked at the website. I'm about to order me some stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it looks, it's so incredible. Talk about the importance of Tomboy X and what was the need that you felt like we have to do this? Yeah. Oh, you know, we created Tomboy X because we didn't feel seen in the world. 
And we wanted to make sure that that really didn't happen to anyone else. And so we stepped into the underwear space seeing that there was a, a real white space out there uh, in, in that, in that we didn't want um, our customers to feel objectified or pressured to live an inauthentic life in any way. Yeah, you know, what I find so, I guess, ironic about being able to have this conversation with you is earlier this year, I knew someone who began their trans journey and they were on your website buying brassiers. So, (laughs) yes. You're famous, basically, is what Char's saying. Yes. So as as far as uh, linguistics are concerned, what is the difference? Because, you know, our language is forever changing and forever moving in different directions. What's the difference between unisex clothing versus um, gender fluid clothing or um, options I know, should gender, say sure I mean gender gender fluid clothing is really the idea that um, there shouldn't be a binary uh, in your clothing options and and you know we see that every day in traditional retailers right so you you go into a retail store and you're forced to go into the men's section or the women's section and so gender, we, we personally at Tomboy X never felt that, you know, comfortable in those kinds of scenarios because we were like, well, why does it have to be gendered? I mean, what if I like the menswear, you know, polo shirt or button down mm-hmm. shirt? Why do I have to feel weird going into that section for any reason? And so it really came out of, you know, seeing that need exist there. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the sense that, if we don't have, if we don't gender it, like if we could just focus on fit and quality, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't it fit everyone? And so, that's really what we've done. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely well wonderful what you all are doing. And talk a little bit about your method. Like, how do you find, especially when it comes to your process, how are you making sure that your brand is inclusive, size inclusive, and and, and kind of really make sure it fits the the real person out there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, number one, we fit test on on people of all sizes and genders from extra small to 6X. And so, you know, it's real people coming in and out. And then we take and spend months perfecting that pattern until they tell us we've got it right. So we're hearing that from our own community. Um, And then we have a really innovative approach to our fabric design and materials, uh, which is part of our, our magic sauce. So, uh, you know, it, it just ensures a solid fit so that when you put it on, it just feels so comfortable and like it was made just for you, which really helps increase your confidence. Uh, and as a queer brand, you know, we know that there's white spaces in the, in, in the undergarment selections mm-hmm. within the queer community. So, um, I, and, your, and your friend probably went out and bought a compression top. So that's something that we've designed, you know, specifically mm-hmm. for the queer community, um, as well as packing and tucking underwear. So between all that and the size inclusivity, we're, we really are for everyone. Wow. I love to hear that because it's Thanks. so important and it's so needed. And that's why we wanted to take this time celebrating International Non-Binary in a Day and highlighting you all. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Naomi Gonzalez, for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really quick, we have about 10 seconds. Tell everyone where they can make sure to shop. Give me all the good details. 
TomboyX.com. Just go on there and, and check out what we got. I think you're going to love it. Yes, I'm already loving it. I I'm, know that's right. I'm already here for it. Thank you so much. <laughs> we enjoyed awesome. having you on. I'm going to turn you down really quick. Stay right there so we can say bye. All right, we got more show coming up next. Okay, so this story is kind of weird. There's Lego, Legos, the toy company. Honey, they are demanding this gun company to stop building a gun Lego. I don't know how guns why, got involved why in Why is toy- our country so <laughs> horny for firearms? You know what? We're going to discuss that coming okay. up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so Legos, honey, is just like, why am I in it today? Because y'all have really upset the Danish toy maker. Um, They had to call out a Utah-based gun company to stop producing a product that makes a pistol look like it's covered with the famous multicolored building bricks. You know, this is, (laughs) I'm literally looking at this image, and I know that our listeners can go look at it as well. Well, we'll put it up on LGT Show's Insta story, guess what? This is gross. Yeah. It literally looks like a toy. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Why? That, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Because, let's, let's go there. You know, guns and like, even if you think about the 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 history of like water guns and like mm-hmm. those used to be my favorite things. But honestly, a kid, if you're getting that stuff for kids, it turns into like, oh, guns are being normalized. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about we should not be normalizing it because that's why we're seeing so many mass shootings are some, you know, someone, I'm not going to specifically call out what the, the demographic looks like, but if it, things <laughs> don't go their way, they go out and shoot up the school or go out and shoot up the the, the workhouse or anything, yeah, you know? Not the workhouse. Are we back down south? <laughs> you sound like my so, aunt saying the church house. No, so my thing is, it just, it's frustrating to me to see that there's some type of like, I don't, normalizing this and I'm happy Lego Ryan, is calling them out. Ryan, we are far past normalization in this yeah, country. You're right. At this point, like I said, why are we can I say horny on air? Yeah, of course. Why is the country, why is the nation so horny for firearms? We, it's really, 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 really gross to me. Yes. Yeah, Especially Shannon, given all of the things that you just rattled off, like with mass shootings yes. and even kids accidentally getting a hold of firearms and and harming one another. Shannon Watts, the founder of the gun control group Moms Demand Action, she drew attention to the product on Twitter last week uh, calling it a recipe for disaster. She said, we have already seen tragedies happen uh, when unsecured firearms are around children and they don't look like toys. Um, Unintentionally, if you did not know this, shooting deaths by children of themselves or others rose more than 30% between March and December of 2020 as compared to the same time frame the year before. Um, And so there's so much there where I just don't know what is appealing about this. My thing is, even as an adult, if I were to walk in someone's home and I saw a Lego gun on the table, I wouldn't think it was a real firearm. No, you wouldn't. I would think it was a toy or maybe one of the puzzles. You know, you could get the Legos and build Harry Potter world and all that stuff. I would not think that it's a real gun. And who's to even say, like, with an adult, someone wouldn't jokingly, you know, pick it up and aim it at someone and fire. Like, it's just, this is, this literally, whoever designed this, I have questions and I need answers. And here's the thing. So I, like you said, I am from the South and everyone knows this that listens. If you're an OG, if you're new, hello. Um, I I grew up around guns. Like I grew up like where friends would go hunting Mm -hmm. and friends have these like weapons and like I understand the culture around it. Mm -hmm. But as we're starting, like, there's been so much death and so many tragedies. For me, it's completely shifted. This ain't cute. 
Well, in this particular, in particular, I find that this conversation always goes straight back to like the assault rifles. Yeah. We get that it's a novelty gun. We get that I, I believe the AR-15 is the most popular gun in the country. And if you, speaking to the point that you just made about hunting, you don't need an assault rifle to go hunt. Okay. No, so why is that something that really needs to be interrogated when it comes to gun reform in this country is why is the assault rifle the most popular gun? Who needs all of these? What are they called? Like the magazines, like the ammunition magazines where you can just like fire 60 bullets in 30 seconds. Like, why is that a thing? Well, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's really I disheartening. I would love to know everyone's thoughts who's listening. Um, hit us up at LGT Show Everywhere. Check out what that Lego gun looks like because we're posting it on our it's Insta wild, story. It's wild, y'all. It is it so is wild. It is absolutely disgusting. But we got more show coming up. Y'all thought we was done? Nope. Um, you got to... <laughs> You won't believe the guest Gail King is banning from her house. Girl, is it Oprah? That's coming up in the T-Report during What's Trending This Hour up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're back 4 p.m. <laughs> Wait, it's what a 4 happened? p.m. hour in Pacific. What, what's the... What's the si- 7 p.m. Oh, <laughs> you were looking at me for the yes, time. I was doing, you do the fast math. Yes. You know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. If it's 4 p.m. here, yes. it's 7 p.m. on the East Coast, which <laughs> makes it 6 p.m. Central. I work in radio where I didn't have to do the P- Pythagorean theorem. What is it? Pythagorean theorem. theorem. Yeah, I didn't have to do PEMDAS. I don't have to do none of that. I'll, yeah. I just look at my co-host. So do you want to go back to your uh, elementary school teachers who told you you're going to need yes. math? I don't. I, when's the last time you've done long division? Fifth grade. Exactly. My <laughs> long divided. Nineteen ninety what? Nineteen ninety nine. All right. It's the four p.m. hour, like I said, and we got so much more show coming up, and we are covering a lot this hour. Actually, you know, summer is here, and climate change is getting worse. So we're going to tell you how to survive and not be dehydrated, like mm. the signs you should be looking out for, and then of course. Your next partner is more likely to be in your friend group than on Twitter. I mean, on Tinder or any social media app, I think. Dating app. Dating app. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that because a new study is saying that that's the truth. But I don't know if I necessarily believe it. But uh, right now, let's get into what's trending this hour. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told this to Fox correspondent, uh, Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey about voting restrictions. And the vice president and the president, I should say, certainly applauds uh, their actions and their outspoken uh, opposition to states, uh, to efforts to put in place restrictive measures in their state. And maybe it is funny to think about it that way, but the president is talking about this as the most serious assault on our I don't, democracy. I don't think anything about I don't think anything about this is funny. I think uh, what is important to note, though, here is that there are 28 states, including Texas, where there are laws uh, in place or in process to make it harder to vote. And- I love a Jen Psaki read. She I plays mean, no games. She's so she, good. When she's behind that podium. Every time I see her, I think of Scandal, though. I think of Abby. Oh. It's just the it's just the hair it's color. The ginger. Yeah, it's and the if, ginger. especially if she were long. If she didn't have that bob. Yeah. And she had like 22 inches. Maybe that's why she has the bob, so they don't get her connected yeah. to the legendary Abby. All right, moving on. A woman who was arrested last week after she stepped on a pro-police back the blue sign um, threw and and she also threw it into a trash bin in front of an officer faces a hate crime charge what? under Utah law. What? Yes. NBC News obtained an affidavit and other court documents related to the case from the ACLU of Utah. 
How does this classify as a hate crime? We're about to talk about it. Although the woman's name was redacted in the document, she identified herself in a Daily Beast article as 19-year-old Laura Gibson, a college student in California. So here's what happened. Deputy Carter said that he saw Gibson stopping on a Back the Blue sign next to where the traffic stop was conducted, crumbled it up in a destructive manner, and threw it into a trash can, all while smirking in an intimidating manner towards him, is what he said. <laughs> so he was intimidated. God. He was intimidated. Um, she, he continues to say that she attempted to intimidate law enforcement while destroying a pro-law enforcement sign. The allegations are being treated as a hate crime enhanced allegation. I don't see how this this uh, falls under the statute of a hate crime. So Utah law defines a hate crime as an offense meant to intimidate or terrorize another person or with reason to believe an action would intimidate or terrorize. Another Utah law des- designates law enforcement officers as a protected class. Some other protected classes mm. defined in the law protect individuals based on age, ethnicity, eth- Ethnicity. Ethnicity. It's okay. We're talking real fast. Religion, sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. So, by that definition, everything would be a hate crime. That's a very shallow, hollow definition. I feel like they need to be a little (sighs) bit more specific and pointed in that definition of how they define it. Yeah, I hate that she's going through that. I mean, girl. I love how they uh, titled her a woman. I'm, I'm assuming that she's not white. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm just assuming, because I feel like if she were white, it would say a girl. Yeah, probably. At 19? And a little family picture. Maybe so. (laughs) That's your What's Trending This Hour. Uh, What's going on in the team report? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Ethnicity. I can't even, I can't believe I didn't say that. It happens, Ryan. Let's not forget about yesterday. Anyway, Gail King best friend of Oprah Winfrey and lead anchor on CBS This Morning, told Dr. Fauci in a new interview that, quote, I don't know how many more times I can say to people, listen, it will save your life, the it being the vaccine. I have this problem with some members of my own family, which I'm now going to ban for Thanksgiving vacation. That's how strongly I'm taking what you're saying. So basically... Gail King and Dr. Fauci were talking about the importance of getting the vaccine. And Gail went so far as to say, I know that I didn't bury the lead for this one, but she went as far as to say that she's not inviting. Like, you will be banned if you are part of the King family, I'm guessing. (laughs) You will be banned from Thanksgiving vacation, which I can imagine is a bit glamorous. Because even without Oprah, Gail is pretty coined up herself. True. Very true. So I imagine that this is an elaborate Thanksgiving getaway. Wow. And if you are not vaccinated, you cannot come. And I can't say that I blame Gail. No, honestly, I don't blame her either. I think this should be the most case for everything. If families were to, you know, take the, the moment to say... This is a hard rule for me. Yeah. Maybe everyone will be eager to get vaccinated. Maybe that's And it's the key. not even about Gail and her family who are already vaccinated. It's to protect the unvaccinated. It's very true. If we're going to Tijuana for Thanksgiving, for example, it's to protect you and maybe people at our destination who are not vaccinated. So I just I want everybody to get out there and do what they're supposed to do. All right, that's your tea report. Uh, find that story and all the stories that we've covered on WeAreChannelQ.com. Now, coming up next, we're giving you all the tips on how to survive this hot-ass summer. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, summer is here, y'all, and climate change is getting worse. The one thing that we have to make sure we do is stay hydrated. So what are the signs to know you're not? Joining us is David uh, Della Justina, who is a Yale Medicine Emergency Medicine Physician and Director of the Wilderness Medicine Fellowship Program at Yale School of Medicine. Wow, you're just really smart. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Oh, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> okay, talk to us about this because, you know, the, the sum, this summer has been hot. I mean, Palm Springs here in California have been having these insane um, temperature. Just, I don't know. It's just insane to watch how hot it is in, in a lot of places, especially around the country. Mm-hmm. So what do we need to be kind of watching out for? How does the heat affect people and make them dehydrated? Let's start there. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that happens with the heat is, you know, the exposure to the heat is people start to sweat. And, you know, the way that the body deals with the heat is by sweating. And they start to get dehydrated and start to have the heat illness when the amount that they sweat uh, outstrips the amount that they're uh, taking in orally. So they're not drinking enough. They're not eating enough. And uh, because of that, they aren't able to keep up with their sweating needs. And then what happens that makes it even worse is as they become more dehydrated, their ability to sweat and their ability to compensate for their increased heat really goes down. And so they can get sicker much quicker. So it kind of escalates on top of itself. Oh, wow. That is so wild. That's intense. So you're saying I should be drinking water around the clock. <laughs> you should be, you should be, you should be drinking water or something that's got, you want something that's got a little bit of sugar in it and some electrolytes in it to yes. help keep you hydrated and to replace those. Gatorade? Listen, I, no, I do, I go to, down to the drugstore and get this, uh, the electrolyte supplements. Oh. Yeah, I've had, cause I struggle with dehydration to the point that I've almost passed out a few times. Can you believe that, Dr. David? Um, uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I think the electrolyte supplement is something good to add to your water because, when you sweat, it's not just water that's coming out. It's also sodium and a couple other smaller electrolytes. And um, you don't want to just replace sweat with just water because if you just drink water, then you can actually get uh, sicker as a result of that. Wow. And I've heard coconut water is really good. You know, all the actually like the aloe vera water, those are good for hydration. But I want to know how quickly can a person become dehydrated? Like, what does that time span look like? Or is it does it differ? case by case. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite answer to things. It really depends. So it really depends on what activity the person is doing and a little bit more about the individual. So some people who are, you know, resting and out of the heat, but it's still hot, uh, they can become dehydrated over a period of hours if they're not taking in enough uh, oral uh, liquids. Uh, but someone who's exercising or someone who's outside in the sun performing strenuous activities, uh, work, uh, they can lose up to three liters of fluid in an hour. And so it won't take long for those people to become dehydrated if they're not, you know, keeping up with their uh, electrolytes. And then the other thing is, also depends on who the person is. So there's some people who are acclimatized to the heat, so they've been in it for a while, 
and their body becomes more efficient at dissipating that heat and more efficient at sweating. So they will become dehydrated a little bit later than a person who hasn't been in the heat at all. Or, you know, for like a lot of people, you know, when it goes from, you know, February and March and then starts getting hot in April, May, everyone's going to have some problems with the heat because they're just not acclimatized to it. So let's uh, just go ahead and get into the tips of it all. How do, how do we fend off dehydration in this hot weather? Because it's really interesting. According to you in this HuffPost article, you don't actually need to drink six to eight glasses of water a day. So what are, what are your tips? Give us something. Yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that uh, always drives me a little bit crazy when people think they have to drink that much water. Um, really what you have to do is, you can use your kidneys to really help you make the decision about what you're doing. So you should be drinking water that's got a little bit of electrolytes in it, as I said. So a sports drink would be really good. Um, typically, if you're dehydrated um, or, you know, you've had something, you had a, a big night and you need to get uh, a little bit rehydrated, you want to mix that sports drink 50-50 with regular water. And you want that sports drink to actually have some sort of carbohydrates in it. You don't want to use the diet ones because the carbohydrates actually help you to um, absorb the water in your stomach. And you want to be drinking enough. The way that you know you're drinking enough is that your urine is, you know, light yellow to clear in color. If it starts getting dark, yeah. uh, you're not drinking enough. And if you start getting thirsty, your, you know, fluid intake is you're already a liter to two liters behind. So don't rely on, on a thirst to tell you when you need to take in enough water, but rely on kind of what your urine looks like and how you feel. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, thank you for shedding light on that. No, especially I about a, the urine color. Well, no, because I have a friend. I was telling him a few years ago, like, it should not look like apple juice. <laughs> you need to get you some water. Can you It looks please? like Mott's it in is, the toilet you know bowl. What? I think it's now time to wrap <laughs> this. <laughs> However, uh, my my biggest personal complaint, because I used to try to drink a gallon of water a day because that's what Gabrielle Union did. That was yes. like her secret to youth. But... You really can't control like the whole bathroom situation. I find that there's no really like, you know, how you do a happy dance if you got to really go use the restroom. Yeah. If you're drinking a gallon of water a day, there's no time for that. It's time to go and it's time to go now. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so that's, wild. That's why that's why I always say you got to use the uh, the color of your urine because if you start doing the eight eight glasses a day, all you're going to do is go into the bathroom all day long. And and most people can't do that. No, yeah, we got jobs and lives. Wow. The more you know on this conversation, I had no clue I was going to get just talk about urine for the past two minutes. All right, Dr. David Della Justina, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you for having me on. No, please. Can you be our resident water guy from now on? <laughs> uh, we'll make the re- resident hydration guy. Oh, yes. Get him together, Dr. Now, David. Now, that is somebody who works at the Yale Medicine Emergency <laughs> Medicine. <laughs> Medicine physician and director of the Wilderness Medicine Fellowship Program at the Yale School of Medicine. Thank you so much for joining thank you. us. All right, thank you. Bye bye. Okay, so let's talk about this. If y'all are out there single and navigating this dating world, guess what? Your your next partner might be your friend, according to this new study. So we're going to dive in on that and what it all really means coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Oh my God, I've been waiting for this conversation since yesterday uh, when we teased it to you all because guess what? A new study research from the journal Social Psychology and Personality Science is saying that your next partner is more likely to be in your friend group than on Tinder. Joining us to further explain is Daniel Anthony Stinson, Associate Professor of Psychology at the University of Victoria in Canada. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Oh, yeah. You like that intro. I could tell in your your, your thanks <laughs> in that. 
That was great. <laughs> it was the music. I was up all night getting lucky, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this because I, this this study is so interesting to know that my next partner may be in my friend group to my left, to my right. I find that to be a little bit weird. But can you break all of that down? Like, what does this mean? Yeah, well, I mean, we're led to believe, of course, that we're going to meet somebody and get struck by lightning the first time we meet them. And the moment we meet them, it's all romance, romance, romance. But when we actually asked people, how did you meet your partner? We've got a really high percentage of people saying we were friends for one to two years on average before they became romantic. So really makes you think about... Um, the assumptions we might have about how we're going to meet our partners. This is so wild and mildly triggering, if I'm being honest, because, (laughs) no, seriously, for for all of my life, I've been able to compartmentalize friendships and romances. And then something happened when I turned 30 where I looked up and one of my friends had a twinkle in his eye. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm attracted to him. It just it literally it came out of nowhere. Uh, I think that's how it happens for a lot of people, actually. You know, we've got two psychological systems that manage our attractions to people. One is the affection. Yeah, one's the affectionate system, the affectional system. And that's really what seems to be most active in friendship. And those kinds of bonds that you have with family, perhaps, also um, can have uh, that affectional bond. And then there's the sexual system. And we think... You know, these are, these are independent kind of systems. And in romance, we think, well, the sexual system, that's the one that comes first. And mm-hmm. then later on, that affectional system comes into play. But actually, it goes both ways. So what you're describing, where you're friends with someone, it's totally platonic. Yes. And then you get the twinkle. That's that sexual system <laughs> yes. potentially coming online. Wow, I'm never going to have friends again. No, I'm not it's, falling in love with It's friends. literally, well, what I will say, I was at a, a bit of a low point, and he swooped in and was just showing up for me, Clark and Kent. I just, I saw, you know, the man that he was, and I, it, it literally came out of nowhere. I'm still kind of, I'm almost a little bit mad at myself for that, honestly, because that's not how it's supposed to be okay, in wait. my book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I do wonder, especially in, in your research, I wonder, did you get as specific as thinking about sexual, like, preference or, like, sexuality? Like, is queer people more uh, willing to date their friends than straight people are? Like, I do. What, I think what, so. Way, way more likely. I mean, wow. it, among straight people, it's somewhere in the, like, 60 to 70 percent range. But among the queer participants in our studies, it was, like, um, 85 percent on average in one of our samples, which was adults who were either married or in common law relationships, it was 95% were saying we were friends first. But I do want to point out that friendship doesn't mean, you know, you're being platonic and just drinking tea on the street or whatever. I don't know what people do (laughs) do for fun anymore. I've never had a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we also asked these same participants, you know, okay, you were friends before you um, became romantically involved, but were you having sex before you became romantically involved? And 69% were saying yes. So there's a lot of fuzziness between what is the definition. That gray area tears you up. (laughs) Yeah. What's the definition of a friend versus what's the definition of a romantic partner? There's a lot of people having sex with their friends. There's a lot of people who are... Really? um, 
Yeah, just having relationships that span all, Wait, all the different kinds of definitions. Do you think that's... Well, actually, we're going to keep you on because I want to know, did that start post-COVID or in COVID? Because, you know, people had their <laughs> bubbles oh and people gosh. were probably like, well, we need to... I need, I need my needs met and you need your needs met. So maybe it was... This is a product of the quarantine. Let's talk more about that when we get back after this break. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so we are back and we are disgusting, not uh, d- disgusting, maybe I am disgusted a little bit from this, but we're, we're talking about this um, research, a, a new study determines that your next partner is more likely to be your friend um, than on like Tinder. And joining us and to continue this conversation is Daniel Anthony Stinson, Associate Professor of Psychology at the University of Victoria in Canada. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. So before the break, I really wanted to know, is do you think your study is a product of the pandemic? Because I do yeah. think that people were lonely. People were trying to figure out, well, I need my friends with benefits right now. Or a relationship. <laughs> yeah, and, and how much do you think that played a part in it, especially as we're coming kind of out of it? Not really, but kind of getting infused back into normal life. I mean, I wish that I had data, that we had collected data during the pandemic, because I think you're absolutely right that these things were totally in flux and changing as people were trying to get their needs met. But we actually collected this data over like a 20-year period, um, and the data from married couples was before, these people have been together since before the pandemic. So this is a great research question. You can do a PhD. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, I've never been told that. We just had yeah. someone on from Yale, and now I'm about to, right. I'm about to get my PhD, y'all. Coming on up. This is all just so fascinating to me. I'm thinking about my own parents. They are. They have since remarried. They're no longer together, but they, they remarried people who I knew like they've been in our life, like my father remarried, um, got married to someone that I was in church with, that I was in church with. And then my mom got married to a former co-worker of hers. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little tongue tied thinking about some stuff. My wheels are turning over here. Okay. It's conflicting. Well, before you go too far down that disturbing pathway, um, I think, I think it's important to remember that you can like literally, like legitimately have a platonic relationship with somebody, no funny business in your mind, and then something awakens those thoughts later. Oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe that helps ease well, your you know, nightmares. Well, let, let me get your personal opinion on this. This is about to be the Shar show really quickly. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because listen, I'm on the hunt right now. I call this the summer of hunting and healing. No one steal that because I'm going to coin it. Hunting <laughs> like and healing. It. I'm on like six dating apps, right? But all of my friends are either women or gay men. So what does that mean for me? She's trying to find where the men at. <laughs> oh, you want to know where the men are. I'm well, not you friends know. With, 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 like, literally, I'm not friends with men that are not gay because there's always, it's, I feel like the friendship is never genuine. Hmm, I'll put it that way. Yes, I think that might be a problem that a lot of people feel. And I think one of the things I want to look at in the future is whether some people are more interested in having a friendship first than other people are. I suspect Mm. women might be a little more interested in that for the kind of reasons that you might be describing. Gives you more time to find out, is this someone who's actually going to respect me and take me seriously? But yeah. we don't know that answer so- yet. That's a future. That's a future study for sure. I'll I don't know where you're going to meet these guy friends, though. 
girl, me neither. <laughs> it's, it's abysmal out here, girl. <laughs> well, as we're wrapping this up, because it's been so interesting, what do you want people to kind of take away from this? Especially, it, it's a, it's a, 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 you know, vaxxed and waxed or whatever. It's a hot girl summer, whatever the kids are saying mm-hmm. nowadays. Well, you know, as we're going into the summer and where everyone is dating and ready to mingle, what do you think people should be taking away from a study like this? I think it... it- People should keep an open mind about the kind of relationships that they're forming with people. You know, you may be really looking for romance, but if you invest in really good friendships with people, not with any kind of intention down the road, but really just investing in those friendships, you never know where that might lead. You can get good friends out of it and then maybe a partner and maybe a little bit of sex along the way. Oh, emphasis on a little bit of sex. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It is time for our yes, queen. You know those moments. Huh? I said, yes, queen. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. You know, where it's those moments where we love to highlight just beautiful people doing beautiful things are just moments that tug at our little heartstrings. And this one goes out, I mean, honestly had me weeping. A true queen. It goes out to this 94-year-old grandma's dream and how it came true of wearing a wedding dress. So... Martha May Ophelia Moon Tucker. I know that's right. Um, She was married in (laughs) 1952, and she always wanted to wear a wedding dress, but at the time, black women weren't allowed in bridal shops. So guess what her family did? They decided to take her out on the town, take her to a bridal shop, and literally just let her have a fitting. And there was something that uh, sparked this, if I'm not mistaken. I think she was watching some TV program or saw some celebrity and said something to her family like, must be nice. You know, I never got to wear a wedding gown. And I just, you know, watching the video, if you all haven't seen the video, I strongly encourage you to look this up because it is one of the... It is just so emotional. No, it is. In the video, we were going to play, but it's it's literally just her family members crying and being like, you look so beautiful. Especially because because her spouse is deceased. Yes. And it's just, it's so sad. I mean, honestly, I'm watching the video as we're we're talking now, and she's just stunning. I mean, she's stunning. She looks beautiful. And this is some good news. And this is why she gets our yeah. Yes, queen. She's she also gets a yes queen for me for the name. What yeah. a name. That name Martha got some May power. Ophelia Moon Tucker. That name got some power behind it. Here's a quote from her. She said, I've always wanted a wedding, but I wasn't able to have one. Her granddaughter decided to surprise her with a dress fitting, which oh I know that family is just beautiful. She told uh, Good Morning America, she said, I felt wonderful. Shout out to her. We love to see it. And if you want to know more about that story, head over to wearechannelq.com. Just make sure you have some um, tissue handy because, girl, it will get those tears flowing. Um, Right now, that's the end of the show. Oh, my God. We have so much that we're covering tomorrow because guess what? MIT predicted in 1972 that society will collapse this century. And new research is showing (laughs) that we are on schedule. Let me tell you that. Plus, what it means to be omnisexual and the difference between that and pansexuality. We're diving into so much. You better stick around. This is a fun week. Sharjah still here with me. Two more days. Two more days before Shira gets back. Um, but right now, stick around for Love Line, where Dr. Chris will be covering sexual secrets of happy couples. Ooh. All right, y'all. Remember to slay. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 